Have you ever thought about your rights and freedoms regarding your money and its impact by legislation from all levels of government? Welcome to the Information Edge with your host, Darren Yancey. Darren has over 40 years of experience in key sectors of the economy, and he's been knee-deep in politics for over a decade. He's going to get into detail on these sectors, the politics surrounding them, what they mean to you, and how you can protect yourself and be involved. Now, live from Texas, your host, Darren Yancey. All right, folks, welcome to the Information Edge podcast. I am Darren Yancey. It's a wonderful Wednesday. Uh, fantastic right now in the fact that we are had a little rain today uh, in Texas this time of the year. That's always welcome. One of the things that I want to go over today, and we cover a lot of important topics, but right now we know that we have a United States Congress is of control and frankly has been for a longer time. It's not just this Congress. This goes back for, for several years. And I have a lot of people say we need to get more involved in local government in terms of uh, PTAs and school board and all those things, which, by the way, we do. But the founding fathers gave us something in the Constitution that does not get enough talk, does not get enough play. And I don't think enough people understand what it's about. And that's section, excuse me, Article 5 of the Constitution, which allows the states to basically take back Congress. So I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, one of the shows uh, blew up, social media blew up. I said, well, how do we find out more about Article 5? Well, there's an organization called Convention of States Action. And what they do is they're working at states registered to have an Article 5 convention so that we can take back our country. So rather than me bloviate about what it's about, I wanted to bring the folks on from Convention of States. Today, I have Al Torres and Erica Hatfield of Convention of States. How are you folks doing today? Doing real good. Doing well, thank you. How are you? All right. We're, we're, we're wonderful. Now, here's what I'd like to do, and, and you folks decide how you want to take this. Um, first, I think people need to understand what is Article 5 of the, of the Constitution, how does it apply, and then what is the Convention of States doing to help bring about the realization of Article 5? Erica, you want to take that first? Yeah, I'll take that. So um, Article 5 of the Constitution, uh, there's two parts to it. Part A tells us that Congress can propose amendments, and uh, that's been done 27 times. And Part B says the states can do it, and that has not been done yet. Um, And what happens is, is, well, for Part B, when the states come together uh, for a convention, they propose amendments. At that convention, they send delegates to the convention, propose amendments, and those amendments come back to the states to be ratified. So that's how that process works. But before, uh, before that all happens, before the convention or to even get to a convention, the states must uh, say that they want to be a part of it. And the way they do that is they uh, by resolution. So when, uh, when the states, for example, here in Texas, uh, there was a resolution during the session, uh, the 86th legislative session, 2017, that the, the resolution said that they wanted to be a part of the convention. So that had to go through, uh, that had to go through the, the state house and the state senate and be passed, and that has to be done at every state. Now, Currently, we have 15 states. Currently, we have 15 states that have uh, joined the Convention of States project. It's based on, so there's a limit of uh, the, the topics. One is imposed fiscal restraints on the federal government. Two is to limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government. And three is term limits on Congress and federal officials. So we have put uh, guardrails around this uh, Convention of States. I noticed you had a lot of a lot of other states that were not part, but we're looking at have been passed by one chamber, but not the other. Uh, what's the story on those states? Well, yeah, it, well, it takes a while for it takes a while for any um, any raised resolution to pass uh, in in any state, any type of resolution, any type of bill. It takes a while. Uh, if we look at our own state here in Texas. Uh, the the pain that the state has gone through to pass uh, basic bills, uh, we've seen it this legislation this legislation this year. Uh, it, it's arduous, and so that's what takes so long is 
and, and, and it's not supposed to be easy. The founders, oh, no, didn't, we understand. The, the founders didn't make it easy. Right. But I'm just saying, uh, you, and you've got a, a conglomeration of states in there. Obviously, there's not enough, what we'll call, we'll just use the word red and blue, uh, not enough red states anymore to do this on their own. There's got to be a couple of blue states or two or three that have come into this. Um, but at 15, I would think that you would have enough Republican-controlled states that would have just embraced this wholeheartedly. What do you? What's what's the blowback you're getting from them? Well, it's it's not so much blowback from the states themselves. You have individual legislators, obviously, who don't uh, necessarily agree with the uh, with the uh, convention of states premise in the first place. Uh, keep in mind that part of what convention of states does is going to limit term is a limit on the terms that they serve in Congress and everything. Even at the state level, which a lot of the legislators use as a stepping stone for the next uh, career step, which is to go to Washington, uh, they don't necessarily always want to vote for something that's going to limit the amount of time that they're going to serve. Some of them don't like the idea. I've heard an argument made. I think it was in North Carolina. Hold on. Let's back up for a second. So you're telling me that state representatives and state senators who work for their states have told you they don't want to pass it because it could limit their power if they decide they want to go to Washington. Did I hear that properly? That's They won't say that specifically, but that is something you'll hear off the record kind of thing. It is one of those things because a lot of them, you know, you look at state legislators are the next step to go to Washington and there. So it's limiting your time wow. in office. I mean, that's one of the reasons we won't impose term limits, not only at, on the uh, at Congress people, but we're looking at the federal uh, at the judicial level and everything else like that, because they will stay in there forever. Our uh, founding fathers never intended for anyone to be a career politician, but you see, we have them in there. And once they do that, they don't have any any uh, qualms with with staying in power, with uh, increasing their influence, and, and uh, just wanting to stay there forever. And the power is what they like, so they're going to be there and do that. The like I said, one of the uh, one of the gentlemen I heard, and I think it was North Carolina, argued the point that it wasn't good for us. COS, uh, the resolution, to lecture Washington about how they spend their money when they, in, exactly, when they are a recipient, a huge recipient of federal dollars. And unless they could get their own budget under control, we, their state in particular, shouldn't lecture Washington on how to manage their budget, which blows my mind when you think about that. I, I, One of the things behind I, it that, is that right there. That. That whoever, if someone is saying that form of um, baloney, they need to be outed publicly. That's the best way I can think of that. They just need to be outed publicly. Here's a question. Okay, so what that argument was from that state representative or state senator is they're getting a lot of federal dollars and they basically don't want to upset the app part. Is that what was that what I heard? That's how I took it when I hear it. You know, you're, if you're trying to use common sense, when you're telling me we should not lecture Washington on how they should manage their money, because I think they said they were like the uh, second or third largest recipient of federal dollars, uh, that until they had their own house under control, they should not be lecturing Washington on how to control the budget. Um, it's mind-blowing to hear now, that. But that was the argument. In, in, in Texas vis-a-vis the Texas Constitution, we have to have a balanced budget. Now, we can argue the semantics of what a balanced budget really means, but at the end of the day, your revenues must meet your liabilities, your, your concurrent liabilities, not your some of your long-term liabilities. Uh, I take it from this comment, not every state is that way, or am I incorrect on that? I don't know. I don't believe I can speak for every other state out there, but yeah, it would I can't seem speak that for other states. I can't speak for other states, but, you know, uh, all I have to say is never has a tyrannical government said, let me put limits on myself. Right. Um, so right. that's we need to be the ones doing that. We being the states, the sovereign states. See, I look at North Carolina as right now as a state in flux. It's there's times it's conservative. There's times it's not. Was this comment that that was made, was this from a Republican or Democrat? Or, you know, are you, can, I mean, I don't want to know the name of the person, but I'm just curious to know what party they were affiliated with. You know, I was, I was watching them uh, have the discussion on the floor. It was, it was on, uh, on the Internet. They were having their discussion there. And I, I don't know who the gentleman was. I'm going to assume um, 
opposition. And I really don't, since I don't know the, uh, the legislator so we'll itself, I'm not sure of the party know. that it didn't say okay. it didn't identify there. I just know that it was a legislator who was opposed to, you know, uh, the resolution of an Article 5 uh, calling a convention of the states use that argument saying that pretty much until we can get our own fiscal house in order, we shouldn't tell the government, the federal government, how to do theirs. But I would say that behind that, that has to be the logic behind it would have to say um, we really don't want to cut off that faucet just yet. Well, and I guess there's that's that's kind of a misnomer because you're not cutting off a faucet. You're basically controlling the tap. When you need it, you turn it on. When you don't, you shut it off. So well, that's right. I, I, I understand, you know, okay, we don't, if there's, if they're saying our financial house is not in order, how dare we say the other financial house? I mean, I didn't know North Carolina was in that bad of shape. Um, <laughs> But let's just give them the benefit of the doubt that that statement is prima facie accurate. Uh, that's still not a way to basically get, let the federal government just run amok uh, with everything. All right, folks, we're up against a hard break. So we're going to take a quick break, pay a few bills. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast. I'm Darren Yancey. We've got special guests, Erica Hatfield and Al Torres from the Convention of States Action. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to the Information Edge podcast. I'm Darren Yancey. We're talking about an Article 5 convention. Article 5 in the Constitution is under Section B, what allows the states to basically take back Congress and its authority through an Article 5 convention. Today with me, we've got Al Torres and Erica Hatfield of the Convention Stakes Action talking to us about what it takes to get it going, some of the issues that we're having and how you can be a part of it. We're going to get to that later in the show. Now, Al, you were telling me we were talking about a specific state, North Carolina, and they were talking about the resolution. Um what was the, I mean, obviously that resolution hasn't passed there. Uh, that's got more Republicans than it's got Democrats in its state Senate. So, or in its, actually in its, its legislature. So what were the other, was there any other, um, we'll just say bloviations of why they should do it? Or was there a lot of support there? And this person was in the minority. 
I, I can't give you the whole the whole picture on that. I didn't stay on and watch the the whole argument going back and forth on the floor. I was watching it for a little bit while watching the other things that we had going on here. So I did capture some of that while I watched it. So the final um, uh, arguments going back and forth as far as uh, how they were discussing it, I, I don't have the full picture on that. Um, I'm sure somebody, one of our COSers in, in North Carolina could be able to, to update you on everything like that. I'm sure we have some more information on it. So uh, right now, North Carolina, I'm assuming is not, and I'm not looking on your website, so I don't have that. So I'm assuming North Carolina is not part of the COS right now, correct? They haven't passed the resolution That's, yet, no? Yeah, they have one more. They have, uh, I think, until the end of this week may, I, I, or, or next week. I'm not 100% sure, but they have uh, their session ends real soon. Okay. Well, let's say their session ends. It doesn't pass. Do you start from scratch in the next session? We push and push. That's right. Still it passes. Okay. Okay. Now, from a public awareness standpoint, obviously there's states that have adopted it. We've got a whole lot of states that haven't adopted it. One um, a, a a state, I, I would think for a Republican state, this should be a no-brainer. I really do. I mean, I just don't see why this is an issue. And I really don't care about, you know, future power in Washington. You work for the state. Um how are you disseminating that information when it comes out when a state doesn't get behind this? And I understand there's, there's going to be some balancing acts here. You don't want to go scorched earth because that could prevent you from getting the resolution even entered. But at the same time, people need to understand if their state representatives and state senators are not doing their constitutional duties, how do you get that information out there? We're doing it right now. We're, we're, we're trying. Um, the Convention of States has uh, state leadership in all 50 states. We have teams out there. We have uh, on-the-ground workers. Our district captains are the ones that go out and are actually available there as uh, patriots sign the petition that say they're behind and supporting a resolution to call for a convention of the states. And it is a convention of the states, not a constitutional convention. And that's one of the misnomers that comes out there. We're not trying to change the Constitution, but rather get it back to the same founding principles that our founders had there. That's what we're trying to get back to. Um, so you have you have a team on the ground in all 50 states that are working hard to get their legislators on board, to get the word out to uh, constituents in each state. And that's what they do. They work on that. And then we get reporting all the time as to where they are, how, how it's moving through the, the legislature and, and all that. So there's a a whole network of people that are doing that, but getting the word out and making people aware of the convention of states that it exists and what it is actually for is exactly what we're working on. It's like you yeah, said, no, you mentioned no, Article no. 5 and a lot of people were coming in. And what is that? Sorry, Erica. Go ahead. No, that's okay. Yeah. So, you know, Darren, you'd mentioned before, um, uh, I pulled up the numbers here. So pre-filed, filed, carried over, there's 26 states. Okay. Um, passed in one chamber, we've got four states, and then um, we have 15 passed states. So those other nine, getting them over the hump, uh, what, yeah. what are, are you yeah, running we, into problems with one particular chamber? Is it consistently the Senate? Is it consistently the House? Is it a mixed bag of tricks? What's running? What's what's the issues that we're running into and getting those other nine over? Well, in, and for example, yeah, for example, we have uh, Iowa. It's both houses, um, and then in Kansas, it's the Senate. In Nebraska, um, it's it, it just went to committee. Um, North Carolina, uh, it just went to committee. So it's just getting those passed, you know. Um, and I can continue down if you want to know all the states. North Carolina House, uh, it stuck. In, it got stuck in the House. South Carolina got stuck in the House. Um, and I, I don't know when their sessions end. So I, you know, mm -hmm. I'm just reading off of our our list. We get a list every Friday sent to us via email if you're a volunteer. Um, but there's there's all, it's also on our website to get that information. Conventionofstates.com. Now I would think from a political party standpoint that that probably this is a more critical action to Republican states, Republican majority states, than it is to Democrat, but I don't want to exclude Democrats. Having said that, 
what is the degree of involvement that you folks are dealing with on the state the state party, as well as all of the local county parties. I know I'm a member of the Johnson County Republican Party in Texas, and I know for a long period of time, we've always, we always had someone from the convention of states coming to those meetings, giving us updates. Is that something that occurs throughout all these states? Kind of enlighten us on, on that process there. Yeah, well, each state is, is a, is, has different maturity levels. Uh, Texas is very, I'm going to say very mature. We have a lot of, we have over 4,000 volunteers, 250,000 supporters. Um, and, and yes, uh, so the Republican Party has adopted Convention of States in their platform. It's number 92 currently in the Republican platform. Um, but just as an example, last year, um, there were some counties that tried to remove it from the platform. So the opposition is, is still active and alive, and it's not just, it's not a party thing. It really isn't. It's, um, it's, it's you know, it's constitutional. I, you know, I, I, I don't know what else to say. I wouldn't know why folks uh, would want to have that removed or why they wouldn't be for it other than fear. Okay. What are they afraid of? Well, they say runaway convention is an example. Uh, they believe it's a constitutional convention that we're after, uh, which is not true. A constitutional convention is outside of the uh, guardrails of the Constitution, whereas a convention of states is Article 5 of the Constitution. It's using the Constitution to save the Constitution. Um, and so they believe that when, once getting to a convention, that it's going to be a runaway convention, meaning that we'll, the that the convention that uh, that the constitution is going to be changed, and that's not true. Uh, Article five says directly. The yeah, because change the constitution, that, that's that still has to go back to the states to be voted on. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, you're thinking logically. That's correct. <laughs> um, the, yeah, but so the convention is a place for the states to come together to just propose amendments. It says it in the article three times. Propose. So uh, there's no fear in proposals. And again, you need 38 states to ratify an amendment. I, I think it's also important for your listeners to understand, and we try to get the message out to everybody across the United States. Article 5 was written. It was added in there once they were just about done with everything. They went back, and I think it was George Mason went back and said, wait a minute, there's a problem here. You're never going to get a government that has become powerful and corrupt to want to correct itself. And so that's why Article 5 is in there in the first place. It gives us, we the people, the opportunity to redress this. And right now, and, and it's hard to do that because every, every call for resolution for, uh, for a convention of the states has to be identical because it gives, otherwise it gives Congress an out to say, this is not the same, dump it out. So everybody has to, that's why we have an identity. Uh, okay, so the resolutions, in they must mirror each other. Okay, I wasn't aware of that. that. So everything, everything is the same exact resolution for each and every state. The language is identical so that there's no flaw there. And Congress doesn't have an option once we reach that 34. They must call the convention. It says so in Article 5. They don't have any other, their, their obligation is to call it, name the place and, and a time. <clears throat> so but does people that have to be aware that that's, we, our, that, that's our way to, to get back and could take control of the government. So let's just let's just roll with this for a second. This might go into the next segment. Let's say we get to the Article Five, and we call, and the convention is called. Does that mean that the House and the Senate can continue their duties, or are their duties are they suspended while the convention is in place? Or does, are, are we like farmers here plowing new ground, and we have no idea? Um, I, I think no, nothing, gets, go ahead. nothing gets suspended. No, nothing gets suspended. Because uh, so I, I can see, I can see the House and the Senate going, well, oh, who, who, who are these little upstarts here trying to tell us what to do? You know? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, it, it's like a parent-child relationship, right? Uh, the child can't tell us what to do. <laughs> so it's the state, just, it's just a convention. <clears throat> it, you know, there's, there's nothing stopped. It's just a place where states come together and propose amendments. There's nothing, there's, there's nothing other than that that's going to happen. And, and you so said yourself you, that you've been a part of the, you're a part of the Republican Party. Conventions happen mm -hmm. all the time. The parties mm -hmm. have conventions. Uh, they they right. create rules for those conventions. So, um, and, and you create that platform and they get voted here's on. Here's the thing that, that's, that's bothering me and I had forgotten 
that it was part of the party platform. You are correct. So my question, if, if, if it's a plank in the platform, that means it went national. That means everybody got together in the convention and went through. So doesn't that negate the arguments that they're having at the state level to even ratify the resolution in those Republican states? Well, it's in the Republican Party of Texas plank, I believe. Of Texas, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's not in the national. I'm, I can't confirm that, no. Okay, okay. Doesn't mean that we're not going to try to get it there if it's not. Right, okay. Because these are things, I mean, if it's, if it's part of your, if it's, if it's a plank in your platform and you don't do it, then you just, you know, I mean, just, you got to go and, vomit. And, and that's why we push for it. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, right now you've got a lot of these, well, we're about to run out. Of, okay. Tell you what, we're, we're going to hold this thought and we'll get back into it. We're up against a hard break. Folks, we're going to take a quick break, pay some bills. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. Our special guest today, Erica Hatfield and Al Torres of the Convention States of Action for Article 5 Convention. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to The Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to The Information Edge. By the way, this is a live show, 866-472-5788. If you'd like to join in, we have Al Torres and Erica Hatfield of the Convention of States today talking about how we put together an Article 5 Convention of States to go back in and retake the power that has been taken from the states through, we'll just call it laziness and inaction. There's really no other way to do it. Erica, you want to talk about what's happening in Texas, even though Texas is signed on for the resolution. Yes, that's the most exciting part is what's happening after, you know, a state passes. So uh, when we do get to a convention one day and proposals are made, those proposals have to come back to the states to be ratified, as we had mentioned earlier. And when we, when we, ha- when we understand how amendments or resolutions, or bills get passed in our own state, 
when we as the people understand that entire process, then we're successful. So what we're doing right now is teaching, training, educating the people on basic civics of Texas. So how does a bill become law? How do you become a part of your local activities, whether it become a VDR, uh, a volunteer deputized registrar, or becoming a precinct chair to become a part of this process? Because, like I said, when those amendments do get discussed, proposed at that convention, they come back to the states to be ratified, and we need a large grassroots army in place, educated, to help push those through. So that's what we're doing right now, and I say that we are spring training. So we we have selected um, priorities to focus on. So this, this legislative session, we focused on election integrity, uh, the banning taxpayer-funded lobbying, we've chosen the electric grid, and property taxes. So we, what we do is we share with our volunteers and our supporters how they can get involved and learn how bills become laws. So that's the most exciting part, is growing the grassroots army. And, and, and there, there should be a big army. Now, I, I cover a lot of stuff, and, and I, I know, you know how my show's tilted. You know, I, I don't blast Democrats out because really, you know, I'd like to I'd like to get into thinking logically again. But let's flip the switch, okay? We're not going to be able to do an Article 5 without some blue states. Um, we're not going to be able to have proposed amendments unless we can work together on some common themes that is going to be appealing to a blue state. One of the biggest things I've heard, and I think you may have, for me, already cleared some things, but let's talk about it, that a lot of blue states are going to say, well, why would we want to do something that could possibly take away the powers cheated to us? And I think part of that's going to be, well, let's talk about the amendments. But first off, are you finding any positive uh, response? And I'm looking at lately. I'm not talking about years past. I'm like, right now, you've got states that I, I think even blue states that might say we really need to step back or I could be completely wrong. Are you getting any positive responses from blue states right now for an Article 5? That's my first question. Second part of that question is, if we got them on board, what are some common amendments that we could all come together on? Hmm. Well, I, I don't know that I can answer exactly that. if we have any blue states in particular that are that are on board or, or making a lot of noises that they want to make headway on that. Um, as far as what do we find in common, the Convention of States itself is bipartisan. We don't, we, we, we look at that because um, it, it, even though a lot of everything that we talk about is, is conservative in nature, I mean, what we're looking about is getting back to the, what the founding fathers put in place. Um, this is about the United States. We're all Americans, right? So we have to find that common ground. And, and we do not, we as a Convention of States, do not support any specific proposal. We'd rather have the states do the proposing and the discussions and make those things come out of the convention itself. So we, we do not, as an organization, have any proposals on the table as far as what to look at for in that convention. So there's nothing coming out from this movement at all. It's a matter of getting this done so the states can get together and make those proposals to see what it is that they would like to see changed. I, I don't think there's anybody on either side of the aisle who would argue against saying we've got to get our spending under control. I don't think there's anybody on the other side of the aisle that might say, you know, the government reaches into my daily life a little bit too much. And of course, both sides of the aisle will argue that somebody's been in office way too long. Right? So, and those are the three areas that we specifically are looking to address in a convention of the states. So there's going to be some common ground there somewhere. You would certainly hope so. And I think all those, yeah, those would be beneficial to the nation. And if they certainly would sign off on that to have a convention, that could be proposed amendments that states potentially could ratify. Correct. And so on, on that, even though you don't propose or uh, say, you know, we'd like to see this happen because, that's again, you're, you're trying to get it together. When you're talking with those blue states, um, have they given you feedback that, you know, hey, we'd like to consider this or what, what are you getting from the, the, the folks that, you know, that are out there that we see, I think, you know, that are really taking it on the chin right now, the most from what we've seen in the last year and a half with COVID and some of the things that have come down from their states. Um, 
what, what's the feedback you're getting? Are they more concerned about getting their own state under control? Or are they more concerned about potentially getting the federal government? Or do they even care? Well, we have, uh, for example, we have Hawaii. They have active legislation this year. We have um, New York, uh, New Jersey. Um, so there are, you know, there are states. We've got Massachusetts. There are states that are, uh, that are trying to push it through. Uh, so, that, you know, there's, there is active legislation. Okay. So they're, they're talking about it. They're discussing it. Um, what are you seeing as the pushbacks that they're, I mean, is it, is it moving forward or you think it's moving forward or are you seeing some of the same things like what you saw in Carolina as far as pushbacks on those states right now? I believe it's moving forward. I believe it's moving forward. So then those are four potentially blue states that in theory, let's just put it in theory. And I think everybody likes talking theory that if you got your Republican states in these four states on, would that put you at the magic number? Yeah, we have we've got Maine, we have um, um, Maryland, um, Delaware. Uh, they're they're all active states. Washington. Okay. They all have active legislation for COS. Okay, yeah. and, and and they're and you're seeing it move through the chambers right now without a lot of pushback and disp- obviously there's going to be debate and discussion. The, but- no, there's always pushback. <laughs> there's yeah. always pushback. There's never you know pushback. we we there and and it's mostly from conservative groups actually. It's it's you know it's not just the Democrats. We we do get pushback from conservative groups just for the um, you know there's there's two um, there's two organizations that oppose the convention of states one is uh the john birch society many people are familiar with that and eagle forum and they are very strong they're very strong in the uh conservative movement so that's actually our biggest fight okay and so you're trying to go and do one thing and you've got two other groups going in behind you trying to mess up your work what enlightening why would they not want to get on with an Article 5? Basic, not, not understanding it. They, 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 they believe it's a, what they call a con-con, a constitutional convention, which is, like I said earlier, different from a convention of states. Can they not? It's just a basic, it's, it's misunderstanding. Can, can, is what can it they is. not there it read is. this thing? <laughs> and, and we keep trying to explain and read section B, it's kind of clear. It's I mean, very clear. Know, it says three times propose. Exactly. Propose. So you're not going into, you can't go again to change the constitution. You got to go to the states. That's the problem I'm having with some of these resolutions coming out of the house, going into the Senate, the HR one, which is now HR four and HR one twenty seven. These are constitutional amendments that these folks yeah. are trying to walk by and say, no, you have no right to vote on them baloney if they get passed in the senate guess what it's got to come back to the states and if they don't it's not a legal bill it's not law and and what you just pointed out darren is exactly what we point out to people volunteers and people who want to listen to what we're talking about what you just expressed right there is a runaway convention we have a runaway convention it's called congress Mm -hmm. they can do whatever they want like that the only way they and they, they sneak this thing by doing exactly the way you're talking about here. They push it through and they become laws. They haven't done anything that, that calls a convention itself that goes back to the, all, uh, all the 50 states for ratification of any kind. They've done that before, but they find a way around it to do it this way. So when they argue against us saying that we, the, the Convention of States, is potential of a, a con-con, as Erica put it, it's not true. It's happening right now in Washington, D.C., that's what's going on up there. Do they not see this? I mean, when you have that discussion, I'm assuming, I mean, this is brand new news to me. And I'm assuming your organizations talk to one another. Am I correct? Uh, well, actually, uh, Mark Meckler, uh, actually, Mark Meckler, uh, just, uh, they, we just post, there was just a new video on uh, um, Rumble that was posted uh, today, yesterday, most re- recently, uh, where he was on stage debating uh John Birch Society folks that were in the audience asking questions. So um, there's a lot of videos out there uh, between the, the, the organizations and uh, discussions, debates, a lot of videos on it. 
Um, so there's plenty of information for people to go out there and, and listen to the arguments and make their own decisions. Interesting. And I didn't realize the Eagle Forum was against it either. So um, we'll reach out to those folks and uh, try to get some clarification because that doesn't yeah, do they're, you any they're, good. Go ahead. They are, they're good. They're good organizations. You know, I don't, don't want to talk them down, yeah. but, but they're getting this one thing wrong. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and I think that's something that's an important one thing, because if you're telling me that the, a lot of these states, Republican states, haven't went through because apparently we've got mixed messaging, that's what it sounds like, correct? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, we've got mixed messaging. We need to get on the same page and get the message right, because if we can get on the same page and get the message right, then we should be able to get this through. Because if you've got four, four blue states out there that are, are and they can say, hey, yeah, we, we'd like to have term limits. We'd like to get spinning under control. You know, we'd like to do these things. And, and everybody can agree on that. Um, we need to take advantage of that. That's mm-hmm. something that we have an opportunity to take advantage of. And I think it also needs to be something that, uh, that the people in the, uh, the two chambers need to understand that it's, it is the people's government. It's not their government. All right, folks, we're up against a hard break. We're going to pay a few bills. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. Today, our special guests are Erica Hatfield and Al Torres of the Convention of States Action. And we're going to be right back. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back. We're, this is our final segment here. A couple of quick things. You can follow me on social media at dgyancey 65 on Twitter, Gab, and Parler. The website, obviously, is informationedge.net. Go there, and you've got blog, all the resources that I have out there. Now, Erica, you were sharing a quick stat with me, and I want to get with that before we switch over to Al, about popularity of this amongst Republicans and Democrats. What were those numbers again? Yeah, the voter support by party, uh, the Republicans support it 75%, Democrats support it 55%, and the other parties 62%. Sounds like we got something. We just need to get the message out and get it going through. Now, we wanted to talk a little bit about one of the reasons why we need an Article 5, and that's overreach. And you had some comments you want to share on that. Yeah, Darren, thanks. Um, one, of the thing, you know, the, the, one of the big things we deal with is the, the overreach of the government. And that was actually put in there. One of the things to talk about under Article 5 is, you know, a government that, that gets abuses its, its power. And 
our government has started abusing that power and we give it away little by little every day, not really knowing what's going on. I like to tell people all the time, read the Constitution. You don't know what you don't know and you're going to lose it if you don't realize what's in the Constitution that belongs to you as we the people. Um, a lot of people also don't realize that bureaucrats are not elected officials. And while Washington, D.C. abuses their power all the time, most of it actually comes from the bureaucrats themselves who are not elected. And the problem with that is under Article One of the Constitution, the legislative power resides with Congress, not with these bureaucrats and the bureaucracy that they've created themselves, right? That's just part of the swamp. It makes all these, these rules and regulations that are basically like laws. You take the EPA, for, ex for example, everything they put out has... The, the power of law. And, you know, they put these things on to get it. So look here, one of the things I like to do is educate myself and learn how our powers are being eroded so I know what I need to guard against. And one of the books that opened my eyes, and I, when we get everybody to read this slide, and it's probably the foundation of a lot of things that we talk about in Convention of States, is a book that was written by Mark Levin, The Liberty Amendments. And I don't know if, if, if you've read this or anybody's aware of it, but I would recommend your your your, leader, uh, your listeners out there, that they get a copy of the Liberty Amendments and read it. Um, Mark Levin goes through it pretty detailed what we were supposed to have and what the actual meanings of the Constitution were and how these rights and everything has been taken away from us and limited by what they're doing. Like they, they obfuscate the word, you know, uh, uh, interstate commerce and everything comes under commerce. Oh, yes, everything and, is article, yeah, article eight. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you look at uh, the welfare clause, right? The welfare clause, that's where they use to spend our money like crazy, right? So they use that. So I would recommend everybody take a look and read the Liberty Amendments and understand exactly what happened to us and how our rights have actually been eroded. Um, another good one I had to pick up, we heard about it from one of our speakers that came here is the Faucian bargain. I don't know if you've read oh. that one or looked at that one, but if you want to know, particularly as it pertains as it pertains to today about the COVID virus and how the government's been handling it, how it actually has been politicized and like this here, it's the bureaucrats that have taken run with this thing, and they're the ones that are telling us right now how we take, you know, what our liberties are to be taken away. It's okay now to, you know, tell the people of the United States you can't go out. They tell you it's okay to go march for this thing or the other thing, but you can't go to church and be together. That would be a super spreader. And the government really doesn't come into play when telling us when we can't assemble peacefully and everything like that, but it's the bureaucrats that are actually making this happen. A lot of politicians like to step away. In my view, they step away from it and say, you know, the government has its way of doing these things and they've abdicated what they should be doing and letting the bureaucracy take control of our lives and pretty much run everything that we're doing. And one of the things that we're trying to do is educate people in saying that's not the way it works. The government has no power at all that we haven't given to them. And that's essential for people to understand. That's why having a convention of the states is important in the first place, to put that power back where it's supposed to be. I look at this as what the founding fathers said on Article 5, and they wrote that there because they just come out of this thing with a tyrannical government and making sure that our country was safe and these were their principles. And they knew a day like this might come where a government goes off the rails, it becomes too powerful and tyrannical, if you will. And that's what these bureaucrats are doing to us. I look at this as today is 1776 2.0. Right? It's the American Revolution happened all over again. And unfortunately, I think the way we're fighting it is like the Redcoats did back in the day where they had a nice little line in front kneeling down and one standing up and they got themselves beat badly. We need to be able to take our country back. And you can only do that by educating yourself, learning what it was you had in the first place and getting it back. That's what we're trying to do. Grassroots effort. I agree 100 yeah, I'd like to, I'd like ahead, to add... I'd like to add that uh, September 15th, 1787 is when Article 5 was announced by Colonel George Mason. And so that birthday is coming up next week. We have Constitution Week coming up on September 17th. And uh, so, but September 15th is Article 5 day. Interesting. Yeah, that's something that, like I said, and in, in I've heard 
constitutional convention, although I've never interpreted it as constitutional convention because, you know, I, I, I read it and it says, you know, we've all got to get together and proposal, which means we've got to have common ground with states, a lot of states that we don't have much common ground on with anymore. Um, but I'm hoping those, the, the, the items that you've listed out there, those could be areas that uh, we, if we can sit down and have those discussions. And if we got those three things done, that, that sent a powerful statement to Washington of who's in control and get those things back in line. I think something that needs to be added when we're talking term limits, uh, I think there needs to be term limits not only on the elected officials, but on the bureaucrats, the appointed positions, uh, the staff, because if some of the times you get these people coming in, the staff remains the same. And you may have gotten a, a good person that comes in that gets bad ideas from bad staff. So I, I think those are topics that people on all sides could embrace some basic stuff. I don't think we're going to get uh, anything wild or uh, uh, profound done. But, you know, if we can do spending, if you can do term limits and such, um, I, I think there's some ground there. And if the numbers, by the way, I forgot to ask you, Erica, where did that those numbers, where did you get that polling data from? Conventionofstates.com. So that's something action. Convention of States did on their own? Yes. 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 Okay. Well, that's good. That's good because, you know, I, I, we don't, we, we've got to get tired of, uh, I don't want to keep blasting the Democrat Party. I think there's a lot of good people in the Democrat Party that the parties left them. I think some of the party leaderships left them. We'd like to have them exercise those people out. And, you know, I, I remember the days when the Democrats stood for labor and, Republicans stood for management, and you had filtering stuff. I don't have a problem with that. It's kind of flip-flopped. It's all over the place now. But unfortunately, we seem to got some of the people in the leadership of that party very anti-American, very anti-American. Yeah. And, and that's not yeah. safe for this country. And I, and I still believe uh, to the breath that there is not a majority of people in that party that really want to see the American people harmed. I think they're just going along for, for whatever reason, and we've got to get that message out. And in the Convention of States, if there's a way to come in, if we can say, hey, look, you know, would you like to see this? Would you like to see this? Things that you think people can come together on. Um, and what if we can do to get that misinformation corrected, we've really got to work on. Um, you've enlightened me today on the John Birch Society and on the Eagle Forum, and I'm going to reach out to them because that's something we've got to get on the same page. It would sound like if everybody got on the same page and got that message out, that we'd have a lot more states join us in my, is that kind of a fair assumption? Yeah. A lot of educating to do. That's correct. A lot of educating to do. All right, folks. Uh, I appreciate you being on the show. We're about out of time today. Uh, folks, you've been listening to the Information Edge podcast. We have had Erica Hatfield and Al Torres of the Convention of States Action on the show. You'll be able to go to informationedge.net here in a couple of hours. And you'll be able to download it and listen to it at your leisure. And I suggest you do it and repeat it all the time again. I want to thank you folks for coming on and we'll be back in touch with you. Thank you for tuning in to the Information Edge. Please join your host, Darren Yancey, again next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have more to share then.